Welcome to the podcast of Trinity Episcopal Church in Vero Beach, Florida. We are glad to have you join us. Our hope is that this sermon will instill you with a profound sense of God's love and that you might receive and reflect His glory to your community. From the Epistle of James, no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. Well, I'm going to give you some fair warning this morning, although it's a little bit too late because you're in your pews. Uh, This sermon might sting. So uh, if you just come to church to uh, kind of feel good about yourself and get the warm and fuzzies, this is not your day. Uh, In fact, you might just want to skip the whole book of James entirely because he really knows how to cut to the heart. But, but, if you want to grow... If you are willing to let the Word of God humble you so that you can open yourself up to receiving His mercy and love, well, let's get on with it. Uh, Our passage for this morning is about the power of the tongue, about its proper use and abuse, about what it reveals about your heart and certainly mine. So I want to make sure we're on the same page because it's really easy to Go in, right, listen to a sermon, and you're like, well, this person really needs to hear this. Um, So I'm going to do a diagnostic to make sure that we're on the same page. And I want to find out how you've been doing with your speech this week. And you don't have to raise your hand. That could be embarrassing. So uh, I'll raise it for all of us, and we'll just move on. Um, How many of you have complained or grumbled this week? Maybe you wanted to garner sympathy or attention. So you just, you know, you complained. Anybody? No, you didn't. All right, good. We're, we're, we're doing well. How many of you have boasted about something you have done or an ability of yours? Or maybe you did a humble brag. How many of you have spoken negatively about someone who was not present? I'm sure that's none of you. Um, how many of you, listen to this one, how many of you have withheld words of encouragement or affection? You chose not to say them because you were feeling bitter or resentful. How many of you have spoken to another person with the intention to harm them? You knew it would hurt, but they deserved it. And you felt that it was your job to punish them. Or how many of you have lied? How are we doing, by the way? Is everybody pretty clean? Good. All right, I'm I'm assuming we got straight A's on that. Um, I told you this would be hard, and it's it's just going to get harder from here. But you know, (laughs) as Father uh, Rodriguez has mentioned... A preacher's job is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. And honestly, a lot of, for this reason, a lot of us avoid going to the doctor, right? Because we don't want to know what's wrong with us. But unless we know what's wrong with us, what can we do about it? It's just going to grow and fester and harm us. So um, we're going to have a real eye-opening morning. Um, the tongue reveals who we are. The tongue reveals who we are. It reveals the condition of our heart. And it functions as a barometer. And this is a gift from God, by the way. Knowing where you stand, knowing where you are, knowing exactly the condition of your heart is a gift from God. Think about the beautiful psalm we just heard. This is from verse 12 of that psalm. Who can tell how often he offends? Cleanse me from my secret faults. Well, the tongue is a great way to take those secret faults and put them out in the open. And so this morning, uh, we're, not, we're not about using guilt and shame to, to punish ourselves, but we want to be freed from our self-deception of thinking that we're in a better condition than we really are. 
Because if we, if we know who we are, we can contend with that person, right? We can do something about it. And we can invite God to set us on the right path. So, let's turn to our passage. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm really not a big fan of verse 1. But it is the Word of God and there's not much I can do about it. Uh, let's look at James 3 verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Why should teachers be judged with greater strictness? Well, it's because the words of an authority figure can forever change the course of the lives that they're influencing. Let me give you an example. There are false teachers and false prophets who tell their flock that they should avoid medical care, that they should avoid doctors, and that if they only had enough faith, they would be made well. Well, one, that's not biblical, and two, it's disastrous for their families. Think about that. That's a disaster. They believe that God, for some reason, has nothing to do with modern medicine. Well, that's ludicrous. It's a disastrous teaching in those communities. The tongue, as James says, is a rudder steering a ship. It's a bridle in the mouth of a horse. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that the tongue has the power to move civilizations. Let me prove it to you. In 1919... There was a low-level intelligence agent. He was assigned to infiltrate the German Workers' Party. Now, he had no formal education, and he had no career prospects outside of remaining in the army. But on this particular assignment, he was recognized as having impressive oratorical skills, and he was recruited into politics. And in 1939, he lit the world on fire. Do you know who I'm talking about? I bet you do. Adolf Hitler. What was it that James said in verse 5? How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. Now, I know what you're thinking, right? Hitler, okay. Right? That's like, that's the boogeyman. Like, that's, that's a bit much. Maybe that's an exaggeration. Well, I have another story for you. There's a woman I know who... Uh, I think she's in her 60s at this point, and she has a phenomenal singing voice, but no one outside of her immediate family has ever heard it. No one's heard her sing, and, and here's why. Decades and decades and decades ago, when she was a little girl, she was learning to play the piano, and uh, she was all excited, and she wanted to show her, her dad, right, her daddy, how far she had been progressing. She wanted to show off for him. So she practices all week. On Saturday, she gets dressed, right? She gets all made up and all dolled up, and she sits down, and she plays for her dad. And her dad, not really knowing what to say, said with a goofy smile, well, you better keep practicing, intending it as a joke, right? I mean, I'm a dad. I know how easy it is to to make horrible jokes. Well, the truth is that statement hurt her so deeply that she made a vow that she would never sing for anyone else because she didn't want to ever feel that way again. She didn't want to ever feel that way again. Now, you might think, well, that's a bit dramatic, but remember, children do not have the equipment to deal with some of the harsh words that that they're faced with in the world. We just had adult form, and, and somebody brought up a really fantastic point. They're reading an article in which, hear me when I say this, six, seven, and eight year olds. Six, seven, and eight-year-olds are committing suicide. Why? 
Well, it's not a chemical imbalance. It's not deep depression. It's because they don't know what to do with the harsh words that are spoken over them, either to their face or on social media. Look up the statistics. It's an actual epidemic. Our words have incredible power. And again, if this seems overdramatic, I want, I want you to think to your own childhood for a second. Think of the words that were spoken over you when you were young. You see, when you're young, words can shape and define the course of your entire life. Here's how. One, they can either speak a reality over you that you then live into. For example, I had a former youth student. She was an alcoholic by the time she was 15 years old. And she had grown up hearing that she was worthless. And she believed it. And no matter how much the rest of us came around and supported and loved on her, she lived into that reality that was spoken over her. She defined her life by it. And no amount of our convincing could do a thing about it. Here's another way that we define ourselves by what's spoken over us when we're young. Uh, I have a friend who grew up poor. And, and that's not abnormal, right? But, but he was made fun of for it a lot. And it stuck with him, and it festered, and it grew inside of him so much so that he defined his entire life by proving them wrong. Now he's got several young kids, and he works 80 to 90 hour weeks, and he is phenomenally financially successful. But no amount of success or stability is enough to erase the path that he was set on at a young age. Are you hearing me when I talk about the power of words? Let's continue in our passage. Uh, the tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Well, now we're getting into it. What in the world does the tongue have to do with hell? Think about that for a second. Again, I mean, James sounds like he's being pretty dramatic, but, but what, what is it that the tongue has to do with hell? I want you to take a 30,000-foot step back with me when we look at our passage. The text that James has been referring to the whole time is from the book of Genesis. How was creation brought into being? Anybody know? What did God do? God spoke. God spoke creation into being with words. God spoke the universe into existence, and he saw that it was good. Speech is an act of creation, of calling forth. Consider our gospel lesson for today, right? Um, the confession of Peter, and Peter, were the, like, that's the rock that built the church, right? It built it. It was spoken word. You are the Messiah. Up until that point, they may have had some vague ideas about this, you know, who this miracle worker, prophet, teacher, leader guy was, but then it was spoken. No, you're the Messiah. That was a firm foundation. Creation was brought forth by spoken words, and it birthed the church. So speaking is an act of creation. It's an act of calling forth. Uh, here's a more modern example. Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. He wasn't talking about a world that was, that was reflected at that present time, right? But through his speech, it brought in a new reality to existence. Y'all follow me so far? Now, I know this is a little heady and esoteric, so I'm going I'm to try to bring this even more home for you. And I'm going to get kind of personal for a second. Um, 
Let me give you an example of somebody speaking forth a new reality of creating the power of the words in my own life. Uh, I grew up believing that uh, if someone that you cared about was upset, well, then you had to be upset too. You all hear what I'm saying? I, I grew up believing that if someone you cared about was upset, well, if you were empathetic, you should also be upset. And, and what, what that did for me when I got married is I was hypersensitive and hyper-aware of my wife's emotions. Are you okay? Is everything okay? Is everything all right? You doing okay? That's because the reality I was living in said, well, if she's okay, you can be okay too. Well, boy, is that toxic, and it drove her insane, right? It did. It drove her crazy. Leave me alone. I'm fine. Or, yeah, I'm having a bad day. Maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe this is you too. But, but then I had somebody who was very wise speak into my life and say, you know, she can have a bad day, and you can be okay. Like, you can, you can actually have a good day if she's having a bad day, and that's all right. Well, that was a new reality. That was something I never considered before, and it changed our marriage for the better. Right? I wasn't driving her insane anymore. I was able to say, oh, honey, I'm sorry you're having a bad day. And be okay. You all follow me so far on how words can bring forth and speak forth creation and reality, the power of words? Spoken word is powerful. So again, God spoke creation into existence and he saw that it was good. Well, that'd be nice if we could end the story there, but that's not what happens, right? How was creation thrown into chaos? What did the serpent do? The serpent spoke. The twisted words of a serpent, a restless evil full of deadly poison. Satan, who lied to Eve in order to cause her and all of humanity harm. Right? When, when the serpent lied to Eve, was he, uh, was he doing it out of the goodness of his heart? Right? Was he saying, you know, this is, this is good for you. You should taste this. Right? Like, I'd, I've had some. It's great. You should have some too. No, he was, he was intentionally trying to cause her harm. Well... Our tongue is set on fire when we distort reality and when we willfully and maliciously harm others. Whose playbook are we playing out of when we use our tongues to cause harm to people around us? As being made, beings made in the likeness of God, humans are unique and that we can envision a better future and work to create it, right? Your dog doesn't look at your household and say, you know what? This needs an open concept, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to work on this, right? Or, you know what? You guys are fighting a lot. Let's find a way. No, they, they can't look at something and, and see potential. And we're also unique in our capacity for evil. We know our own weaknesses and vulnerabilities, and we know the weaknesses of others. And we know how to exploit those weaknesses. Animals do not torture. You know that, right? It might look vicious and vile. I mean, I, I love watching Planet Earth, but it's, it's hard sometimes. But, but they don't do it just, to, just for the sake of destruction. Animals don't know how to torture. They don't destroy for the sake of destruction, and they don't harbor thoughts of revenge. But guess what creature does? You and me. And while teeth and claw can harm the body, the tongue can scar the soul. Listen, I warned you that today was going to be no fun, right? Am I, am I sticking to that promise? Um, but I am hoping... I am hoping that our passage in James serves as a heart check for us. I hope this serves as a heart check for us. I've got one more personal story about uh, the evil of the heart. Years ago, I've got, a young, I've got two younger brothers, and I was having a lot of trouble connecting with one of them. We just had very, uh, it seemed like we didn't have too many interests in common, and there was an age gap. And so, when I was younger, I was like, well, let's find something we can do together, right? 
let's build this bond and build this relationship. So we started playing a game together. Right? We each, neither of us were familiar with it. We each learned it and we're playing together. Well, one day I was having a bad day. And he did something small that just got to me. And so I thought, I'm going to hurt him. Well, what's the best way to hurt a younger sibling who looks up to you, who wants to be, either be like you or at least be on your level? You make him feel small, right? You make him feel insignificant. You call him a child, and so I did. I berated him. I called him a child. I was cruel and I was unrelenting. And I did not know then what I know now. That when you insult, when you criticize others, when you belittle them or you embarrass them, you are revealing far more about yourself than you are about them. You're telling a story that has nothing to do with them. Let's finish our text. With our tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Listening to the words we speak, listening to what you say to those around you, And seeing your words reflected on their faces and their reactions is a gift from God. This is a gift for you and it's a gift for me because it shows us the condition of our hearts. If you're being cruel or unrelenting or punishing or harsh, it's because you're not walking with him. You see, you don't have to guess whether or not you're walking with God. You don't have to guess whether or not you are receiving his love. You don't have to guess whether or not you are receiving his mercy. Because as you are loved, so you love others, right? As you receive mercy, as people forgive you and show you grace, so you give mercy and grace to people around you. You see, you alone don't have the power to tame your tongue, but God does. The gospel message, the grace of the Lord in this, is you don't have to guess where you are. And when you fall off the track, when you get off course, when you're off the path, God is knocking at your door. Right? He is knocking at your door, and all you have to do is open up and receive him, get to know him, spend some time with him, let, the word, let his words wash over you and cleanse your heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, there are moments where your word is a purifying fire and it hurts and it stings, but God, you do so to cleanse us from any self-deception that we're just fine without you. God, we pray that your word would humble us. We pray that it would remind us of our thirst and that we would seek you out to fulfill us, to quench us, that we would not be satisfied with anything but grasping onto and clinging to the love that you have freely offered us. Let us show forth that love to those around us. God, let us remember your mercies, for they are great. And let us then be merciful to others. In your Son's name we pray. Amen.
Thank you for tuning in to our Trinity Episcopal Church podcast. To find out more about the work God is doing through Trinity, visit us online at trinitybureau.org and follow us on Facebook.